0: Are you tired of hearing people complain about the world and ready to own the responsibility to make the world a better place? Hey, my name is Brent Simpson, and welcome to this episode of Creating the Future. I believe that within each of us is a yearning to make the world a better place. So let's work together and make that desire a reality. My hope is that today's conversation inspires you as you endeavor to create the future. Humans are wired for story, and whether that story starts with once upon a time or whether it starts with in a galaxy far, far away, most of us love stories. And in fact, I bet you have people in your life, whether it be a grandfather figure or some kind of leader that tells stories, and you just wish you could cuddle up on the couch and listen to their stories all night because they're great storytellers and they are great stories. Well, that's what we have for you today. Uh, We got Sean Smith with us. He is an amazing evangelist and God is using Sean everywhere he goes. And he has some of the coolest stories of the way God is using him, the way he hears God's voice and shares with people as he witnesses and evangelizes and what we're calling power evangelism or uh, uh, power apologetics sometimes. But this is a moment that you are just gonna have fun. This is a one where you can just sit back and relax and be inspired by these great stories from Sean Smith. Hey, what's up guys, man, today you are going to be blessed with some amazing stories of how God moves in the miraculous ways. And uh, I have my friend here, Sean Smith. Sean is an amazing man of God, travels all over the world and sees miraculous things everywhere he goes. And, uh, and we want to talk about this conversation of some would call it power evangelism. I tend to call it power apologetics. Either way, it's kind of the same thing where you're using the power of God in the midst of uh, your evangelism and sharing your faith. And so, uh, hey, welcome to the podcast, Sean Smith.
1: Hey, bro. It is so great to be with you. I'm super excited uh, to uh, talk about this subject. And uh, I love love what you're putting your hands to. This is amazing.
0: Yeah, man, we're, we're so ex- honored to have you and excited to have you. So so most podcasts are more conversational style, and this will be that, but I'm, I just want to be like the guy sitting on the chair listening to stories of the great Sean Smith, right? Because you've got some <laughs> incredible stories, and, and you share some of them in your book, uh, I Am Your Sign, and I know you got some other books as well. Uh, yeah. I Am Your Sign is the one that I read that just really blessed me a lot, And uh, but, but let's just start out. I know you got a story of a psychic, and I'm going to let you kind of run with how However, you want to tell some of these stories, but, but tell some of these stories. Let's start out with the one about the, the psychic that, that, uh, that God used you to, to minister to.
1: Absolutely, bro. And I just want to say, this is kind of the, the groundwork for this whole thing of prophetic evangelism, which that was actually my first book. I wrote prophetic evangelism is that we, we live in a world where there's relative relativism. We live in a world where there's pluralism, pluralism. We live in a world where there's naturalism. So when they say relativism, that group and that mindset says there is no absolute truth. That's relativism. Pluralism says there is no exclusive truth. And then naturalism says there's no supernatural proof. So this is the people that we're trying to reach. And Uh so a mere presentation of facts, you know, we have Christian facts that we know to be true. Mm-hmm. Mere presentation of facts does not pierce the armor or the mentality of what we're doing today. And so your whole mm. aspect of apologetics, which yeah. if you were to look this up, some probably the best definition that I've come across is apologetics is the science and art of Christian persuasion. Mm. Well, isn't that what yeah. we should all be about? We should be mm. trying to persuade people of the authenticity of Jesus's claims, Jesus is Lord, Bible is true, et cetera, et cetera. But if we have a world that doesn't believe that there's absolute truth, exclusive truth, or supernatural right. truth,
0: right. then
1: we're going to have to give them more than just some thoughts. So yep. now here's yep. my story.
0: Yeah, let's go. I was
1: in uh, Monterey, California, which is a very, uh, it's by Carmel, and it, it is a very spiritual place, not necessarily a good spiritual place, you know, in the sense that there's a lot of new age. Mm-hmm. And so I just got finished preaching a, a sermon at Sunday morning. I was eating at a kind of a cafe with a pastor and his wife. Uh, and so we had to park a distance away. So we're walking back to the car and I walk past this psychic store. And it's, you know, it, it, at first it really didn't stand out to me initially. I was actually walking right by it. But as I did, I felt this kind of, uh, the only way I can describe it, I felt like somebody took a two by four, hit me right across my chest. Yeah. Like there's a, a sudden uh, jolt and, and kind of a, a difficulty in breathing a little bit. I kind of began to get this like light headache. And uh, to to people that may not understand it, this is kind of my uh, spider senses are tingling, (laughs) code red. Of course, the Bible would call it discerning of spirits. The Holy Spirit is alerting me, something's going on. And so at that point in time, I go, wow, why why am I being hit like this? I look up, I see it's a new age bookstore in Monterey, California. Uh, And it had a window, but the window was tinted. It kind of overhung a little bit. so I couldn't see at the straight ahead angle I couldn't see what was going on. So I took a couple steps and I could see that there was a uh, kind of a woman reading tarot cards and reading fortunes and operating in that. And so I stretched my hand forth. I said, Lord, I just come against that spirit of divination. Allah, (laughs) Acts 16. Lord, I asked you to save that woman. Shut this thing down. Save those people that are there. Don't let them be deceived. But as I'm going to the car with the pastors, I couldn't shake this thing. And I knew my assignment was more than just what I call a drive-by intercessory mode. So I asked them to turn around the car. They did. I walked in this New Age bookstore. And what I love about this is God can show up any place, anytime. Like we think in sports, although sports are being suspended right now, but we, we think of the advantage a person has on their home court. Right. We sometimes believe that God has a greater advantage in a church, mm. in a Christian mm. A home, in a Christian mm-hmm. school, in a Christian coffee shop. But we have to be reminded, man, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God has home court advantage wherever he shows up. And so this thing of prophetic evangelism wasn't just a book I wrote. It was actually a series of dealings. And so I walk in this store, and to make a long story short, I get audience with this psychic guru. And I feel like it's so important that if you want people to listen to you and witnessing, you have to sow listening to them. So I asked her, how do those cards get you in touch with the spirit realm? And of course, she perked up. She actually thought she was about to get $20 dropped in her little fishbowl that I was going to pay her for a reading. But I (laughs) asked her, how do those? And so she explained this thing, and it it didn't really make sense. Like, I I felt like, wow, people believe that stuff. That's, (laughs) you know, it's a whole lot easier to believe that there's a God that says, "Let, let there be light. Mm-hmm. breathed in the dirt. There was us and he oversees all of all of human uh, interaction and, and uh, the longevity of our days. So anyway, I said, can I tell you how I get in touch with the spirit realm? She says, okay. And so I said, hey, there might, there's only two doors and the other door might as well be marked other. Because if you don't go through the door that I'm sharing with you, all other doors will close on you. They promise this outward trapping of freedom, but at the end, it's change, it's bondage. And I said, the way I tap in the sprint realm is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, she backs up. So what I what I submit is if that's all I had, it was the old school pinball machine tilt, game over, balls rolling down the side, <laughs> your flippers don't work, right? right, right. Anybody remember that? Mm-hmm. And uh, But the Lord had given me something, and this is prophetic evangelism, is where God gives you supernatural downloads of facts that God is aware of that you're not aware of. Mm -hmm. So I immediately said, and this is what the Lord told me to tell her. He told me to tell her these three things. Number one, tell her, I am your your sign. Number two, tell her when she was young, she had a bad experience with religion. She ended up moving in with an Eastern guru that she thought was going to nurture her, but instead he ended up abusing her. Mm -hmm. She got thrusted out in that. and, And the Lord said, number three, tell her what she's doing now is not what she dreamed of doing when she was a little girl. She's doing this by default, not by design. And God says, wanted me to tell her, if you let go of the default, I'll give you back your design, your destiny. So I'm in front of this lady. She's backing up. And so, you know, at this point in time, how do I differentiate Christianity, Jesus Christ, from some other philosophy on the shelf? And this is where the supernatural must be a part of our equipment as Uh, people that are called to win uh, this world for Jesus as apologists, as evangelists, as influencers. And so the Lord had given me inside information, which is ironic. This is what she purported to be given to people that were paying her. So I said to her, can I share with you what the Lord spoke to me about you? And she leaned back. So it's funny, people are always hungry to hear about what God thinks about. They want to feel known. They want to feel uh yeah. like they matter and this is what God does. I yeah. said, so the Lord wanted me to tell you I am your sign. The moment I said this to her, she back, she her head drops back, she turns her head from me, and I could tell she's starting to tear up. Somewhere, hmm. oh good. Okay, this is good. Because people said, how do you know it's God? And yeah, and yeah. I I I I we're gonna find out, right? <laughs> I said, I am your sign, number one, the Lord let me tell you. Number two, when you were a young girl, you had a bad experience with religion. You end up moving in with an Eastern guru that you thought was going to nurture you, but instead he ended up abusing you. By this point, she's starting to cry. And number three, God says, if you'll let go of that, tarot card reading, because you're doing that by default, this wasn't the dream in your heart as a little girl. God says, if you let go of that, he'll give you your dream back. And she turns to me and she says, how did you know? Now check the irony of a woman reading tarot cards and have a, a long line of, of middle-aged women mostly coming to her for her, their fortunes to be read. I mean, this is the Hollywood psychic dude right. named Tyler. This is the Long Island psychic woman. Yeah. These people have the reality shows, but they're they're hungry for something. And, and people are hungry, particularly in this day where we we're, we're not knowing what's next. Mm-hmm. So she shares with me, she says, last night I cried out to the cosmos. So she's worshiping <laughs> Mother Earth, Cosmos. She said, last night, I cried out to the Cosmos, show me a sign. She was going through a a crisis, I believe a severe crisis. She's asking for a sign. Within 24 hours, God turns me around walking past and gives me the precise words of what she cried out. Number two, she says, when I was young, I went to this, uh, uh, I think it was a parochial school and uh, whatever the teachers were at this Christian school, they did something very abusive to her. She got hurt. She ended up moving over to Eastern Guru. He educated her in the mystic arts and Wiccan and other stuff. And he ended up abusing her sexually, physically, emotionally. The only thing she got out of it was how to read tarot cards. So she began to do that kind of to earn a living, a side hustle, so to speak. And ever since she was a little girl, she always wanted to paint as an art. Never thought Mm -hmm. she could, uh, you know, she lost that artistic side of her uh, when the darkness kind of came in. Never thought she could pay the bills doing that. And so at that point in time, she's, she's crying. I said, hey, would you like to give your life to this one that's ready to release your dream back to you? She says, yes. So we grab hands in a psychic bookstore in Monterey, California. She gives her life to Christ. Uh, she says, do you know a good church? I go, yes. She gets <laughs> up, walks to the counter, gets her last paycheck, renounces Wiccan, accepts mm. Jesus Lord walks out a born again, daughter of the most high God. And so I'm like, I, I was pinching myself afterwards and go, how does this even happen? And the answer is simply being available vessel for God. So that that's that story, bro.
0: I love that. I love that because so often we're not utilizing the gifts that God has actually already given to us. We're not walking in those gifts and instead, we're just trying to have conversations, which is good. That's where it starts at. But the power of the power evangelism, power apologetics, prophetic evangelism, however you want to look at it, that power is actually what empowers your 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 work of the Lord, and so much more good comes out of it. I, I was with a um, a doctor. Uh, a couple of days ago, actually, at the time of this recording, and uh, and we started talking, and uh, I'm actually at his office, right? He's the doctor, so I'm just kind of sitting back, letting him speak to me, and uh, and he makes some comments because because he knew I was a pastor, and made some comments, and actually quoted a Bible verse. And I'm like, oh wow, I said, Oh, so you're a believer, and he said, oh yeah, I'm I'm a believer, I'm a believer. And I said, well, that's, that's, that's awesome. I said, that's awesome. And he goes on and says, yeah, I believe. And, and then he starts talking about the energy of the universe and how the energy is the all powerful thing and all this. And, and it wasn't a prophetic evangelism at that moment, but or a power evangelism but in that moment I said well you know the the energy of the universe doesn't talk to you and if the energy of the universe is is all there is then we're in trouble because the second law of thermo- thermodynamics says we're running out of it right <laughs> it's all gonna collapse that's back true. on itself at some point you know and, and uh and it was funny just kind of watching him he hadn't you know nobody's really talked to him about that level and uh, and, and I love that man all right so you got you got lots of stories and, I, and this is like that's my cool. favorite thing to do because stories edify us I mean that's what Jesus did right he just told stories and and we learn, we are encouraged by stories. Uh, so I know you got another one uh, about being on the university campus and, and uh, doing a presentation and some people were were healed in the middle of that. So so let's hear that story. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think to set that, to
1: tee this one up too, yeah. Jesus said, behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Mm. It goes on to say in that passage, do not worry beforehand what you will say, but it'll be given to you in that moment by your father what to say. Now, of course, we balance that with with Peter, First Peter says, uh, be ready to give a reasoned right. uh, defense for what you believe, where we get the word apologia or apologetics. And so I think it's this combo that we want to know the Word of God, study the Word of God, get those nuggets in our heart, and those truths. We want to be apprised and aware, not just of the Bible, but of a lot of different subjects. I love how, uh, because I took physics in college, I'm an engineer by, by my study in terms of my college, that was my major. Second law of thermodynamics, it's awesome, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so anyway, this aspect of how does prophetic evangelism come to you? Because I want to take a teaching moment as I give this. Yeah, please. Is that it says, uh, behold, I send you out of sheep in the midst of wolves. And the context wolves there represents marketplace resistance. Mm. As it goes on to say, you'll, you'll go before magistrates, you'll go before kings and rulers, and I'll send you before councils, but don't worry beforehand, what to speak, it'll be your father in that moment. So here is the biggest key to prophetic evangelism. Mm. The biggest key, somebody could read that and go, well, I'm just going to go out uneducated. No, Paul was very educated. Like he, Peter tells us right. no, but here is the deal. The key was, if you're willing to go out and be sheep in the midst of wolves, in mm. other words, if you're willing to leave kind of, a, and I want to say this in a loving way, kind of the charismatic bomb shelter of our safe places, you know, and willing to venture out into the place where we will receive marketplace resistance. That's where miracles and revelation shows up. Because as long as we stick to our safe places, we don't need that kind of weaponry and that kind of, uh, 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 you know, arsenal Mm -hmm. that occurs when we're willing to go out on enemy ground, so to speak. So here's an example of that. I got saved at a university and the Lord is, uh, man, so giving us a heart that we go to university. So I was in a, a at a university in, uh, up, up, upstate New Jersey. And there were very, it's a very cerebral school, like intellectuals that could probably run circles around me. If we're just st- strictly talking about, you know, the whole intellect and God doesn't want us to com- commit intellectual suicide, but mm-hmm. our intellect must be subservient to his spirit. That's good. Yeah. Uh, intellectualism was the wrong tree in the garden. It's the wrong tree. Now we've got to eat from the tree of life. And in that we get revelation and enlightenment, which is different than again, just mere intellect. Okay. So I'm I'm speaking. And uh, as we're in this, on this campus, it's a secular large lecture room. All of a sudden a professor comes in with 20 students that I would later find out This guy saw our fly. We were advertising, do miracles still happen? Come find out. And I would give a gospel presentation. We would pray for the sick, get words of knowledge, prophetic words, or whatever. And so uh, this is a a, a growth of where I was at in terms of getting words for individuals on a secular college campus, and it began to grow to groups, to now I'm going to have a large group. So this professor brings 20 students in, and their whole thing was to write a scathing criticism of Christianity, and me as a speaker, traveling. So you could feel it in the atmosphere because this particular night, uh, we were gonna do several different components of this outreach. We had probably at that time, maybe 120. So you're saying one out of every six people there are not there, are like they're antagonistic, they're hostile. So the 20 come in at the end, there was very little atmosphere. The worship that we kind of had in the front, uh, I think their, their hearts were well-meaning, but we just didn't get a breakthrough. Right. And so every word I'm saying, it feels like I'm falling to the ground. It doesn't have. And, and the devil starts lying to you. you go, they're not listening to you. They're not with you. You should just quit. And you know, and all of a sudden, it hits you as the devil has this ability to do this kind of mental mm-hmm. telepathy. You think it's your own thoughts. And I go, man, I got to do something. I'm, I've lost this group. This thing, man, I flew all the way out here. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to win souls. And so I just said, right now, I, I just said, hey, my God is real. I want you to give me seven people right now, immediately, that have the absolute worst back conditions. doesn't matter what it is. And if God doesn't heal you, you don't have to listen to a word I say. Well, there was a genius. There was a genius in that because nobody was listening to me anyway. I didn't have nothing to lose, right? Right, right. <laughs> but I figure. I, I'm, I'm not going to stick my neck out believing that God's word is true. I'm going to stick my neck out and believe that what it says about God is true, yeah. that God is able to heal. He's able to do it. So this is sheep in the midst of wolves, right? Mm-hmm. And so sure enough, seven people come forward. Uh, what I would later find out uh, as I was doing it, three of them were Christian. Four of them were from that class. So yeah. the four came up, not because they wanted to be healed, it's because they wanted to disprove that. Right. Right. So they were kind of in a sorted order, but it was so funny how it worked out. Like the first two were believers and they got healed, mm-hmm. but their their conditions was like pain in the back, something else. And we begin to move now towards a gal that wasn't sa- uh, saved. She came to class. She has scoliosis.
0: Mm.
1: So we prayed for her. I brought up one of her friends. She says she felt something pop. She bends down, stands back up, her friend puts her hand on the small of her back and kind of pulls her top straight. And you could see she no longer had this curve. She had a natural sway like we all had in our back. But before, you could see that there was this big uh, kind of curve in her back. Wow. It was gone. And wow. the final dude had a slipped disc. It was in extreme pain. I don't always do this. I I, I made the mistake of reading a, a Smith Wigglesworth book I think <laughs> before I went in. I felt like, yes, I was praying, but I, 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 I wouldn't say I slapped him, but I, I put my hand with some force on his back and I said, move your back. I just said, in the name of Jesus, move your back. And I hit him and he's he's bigger for me. He's looking at me and turning like he's about to hit me. But then he's bracing himself for the pain and no pain sets in. And then he bends over, bends back. The guy starts tearing up. He's number seven, seven out of seven people were healed. He even says it. He goes, my back, it's healed. It's, it's gone. At that particular time, this is what I love. Yeah. I didn't need to finish the rest of my story or the rest of my message. I just said, hey, the same God that healed these seven people is real. He's here for you. And we had a number of people walk forward and give their life to Christ. And then I looked up, the professor got up and walked out of the class, maybe a couple students with him, <laughs> but I would say like 17 out of his 20 stayed there. And the majority of people that got saved were from his class. So here, this dude brings his class to mock Christianity and ends up coming back with Christians. I just love the way God works.
0: man. Dude, that is, that is so awesome, man. You know, when you, when you talk about that, it makes me think, you know, Matthew chapter 10 is, is one of the synoptics where they talk about, you know, going out like sheep among wolves, but it starts out with all power. I give you. So Jesus calls his disciples together. He gives them authority and power to do these things. Right. And then he, sends them out, and he says, listen, go, and this is what's crazy to me. He says, go out and heal the sick and raise the dead and, uh, you know, cast out demons. He says, basically, he says, go out and do good, essentially, like help people that need help, right? And then he goes on beyond that to say, all right, so even if you go to somebody's house and they don't like you, he said, just leave, you know, just wipe the dust off your feet. If the town doesn't like you, go to the next one. If there's controversy there, just keep going. In other words, like, like essentially what he's saying is just go bless people. And if they don't receive it, go somewhere else. And in the middle of that chapter and kind of what you're talking about right here is that in the middle of, even though you're blessing people, they're going to curse you back, which is wild. Like, like if you think of it naturally, why, why would you curse somebody because they're helping you? Why would you curse somebody because they're healing you? And I think it goes, this is just my opinion, but I think it goes back to that all authority I give you. So God's given us this authority, but how much of the authority can he trust us with? Right. So sometimes like God might want me to work in power evangelism, but he can't trust me to, because the same way I might bless somebody else, I might curse the person who's cursing me, right? That's human nature, right? And then you know, you got Mm -hmm. the sons of thunder talking about calling fire down from heaven to to destroy people that aren't listening to Jesus. You know, how much authority can Jesus actually trust us with? And maybe that's one of the reasons we don't walk in the authority that God wants us to walk in. Maybe it's not that we haven't cried out to God enough. Maybe it's not that we're not humble enough, compassionate enough. Uh, not willing to turn the other cheek and those kind of things to be able to accept that authority to be able to be used uh, by God. Man, that's
1: so good, bro. That is great teaching right there. That yeah. understanding of who we are in Christ, identity, it's the activation point of the kingdom. Yeah. And consequently, uh, the biggest attack that we receive from the enemy is against our identity as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Mm-hmm. That's so good what you're sharing, mm-hmm. bro. That's awesome.
0: All right, we got, man, this is this is like story time with Sean. And I love these kind of moments where I just get to learn from people and, and be inspired. All right, we got like five minutes or something like that. You have any more stories, like one more short one you might be able to throw in? You know, you know uh,
1: I was, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you always got unique things. Yeah. I remember one time I was getting off a, a airplane. I was in Seattle, it's at SeaTac Airport. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm getting my luggage and I look over and I see this, uh, gal, I see this gal, she's she's getting her luggage, like everyone else, off the, the belt. And all of a sudden, I had this extreme clarity of thoughts. And, you know, w- what does the voice of God sound like? It, it's a sudden awareness associated with a unique conviction. Mm. It's like mm. you're made suddenly aware of something that wasn't your normal thought process. It's, it's proven that we have this thing, and this is the way we as humans think. We yeah. in process is called cognitive association. I think right. of one thing, which makes me think of another thing, makes me think of another thing, and then the yeah. next thing you know, I'm at the Taco Bell drive through, and that's how that's the advertisement <laughs> they put on the commercial. But when God speaks, it's like it comes out of no place rather than being a part of your thought process. I have found God's words and thoughts interrupt my thought process, mm-hmm. it's like boom, like it's different. When he speaks, where does it land? It lands in your spirit, but it surfaces in your head. So this is the challenge. If you're looking for some outside voice of God booming, it's gonna be this internal thing. So I see this gal, all of a sudden I was made to know. She just is getting one little bag. She's moved, because we were both obviously on the same plane from San Francisco Bay Area. She's moved from California. She had a business thing that that fell flat. She's gonna step into another venture but it's, it's not of me. And she's going to find out that the thing, the reason why she came up to Washington, she feels is one reason, but God says what she's come up for will fall flat and he's going to reveal to her what it was really about. And it was really about her discovering him. Mm. So I'm struggling with them, man. That's kind of a detailed thing. And I go, she's just got one little suitcase. Like she's not moving. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, when you have bigger, luggages that come out of the, at a different place, I see she has this big old thing of a huge dog coming out, big old dog, like it had to be big because they let, they let big dogs on planes right now, right? <laughs> and so it, that little thing was just when I needed encouragement of the Lord, like why would she bring a big old dog with her? Mm, yeah. And so I, I walked up to her and I had to say, hey, you know, uh, I, I, my name's Sean. I, I love the Lord. I just feel like God speaks to me sometimes. And, and I just want to share this with you. And, uh, you know, I just let her know, hey, I'm married. I don't, you know, <laughs> I'm, walking out, I'm walking up to, you know. And I just said, I just feel like you, you've been involved in a business or something back in Northern California, but uh, it didn't go good. And so you're moving to get away from that and kind of start anew. And you're, you're coming up here. But the Lord wants you to know that the very thing you're going to put your hands to here is not the reason why. He's overseeing your journey to get you up to the Pacific Northwest. This thing is is not going to work out the way you want it to, but in the midst of it, God is going to show you himself and what he really wants to show you. Well, what I found out she was in a business uh, in that her partner did something uh, shady. She ended up leaving. She was going to join her uncle's new age retreat center business wow. up in the Pacific Northwest. And As she was going to do that, she was going to involve herself in some of the study of the transcendental arts. The Lord already saw this and said, that's going to fail. And yet in the midst of it, he's going to discover her. Now, I I didn't in that point in time, and I love sharing the story. I didn't pray with her the sinner's prayer. I love that. But I planted enough of a seed that I believe there's no doubt that she knew that, hey, how does this guy know? that I had a business fail, why I came up here. And I, I believe it was going to play out just as God described it. And I think in that moment, he said, God says, I will reveal myself to you. So that's a, another example of this, you know, yeah. this thing of prophetic evangelism.
0: I love that. You know, sometimes you just need that nudge, like the dog in that story. You just need that nudge to go, all right, I'm, I'm going to take this leap of faith. I, I was in the yeah. gym, I don't know what this was, three years ago or something now. And uh, this, this uh, young guy was over lifting weights, kind of stocky, but he's short, probably five, eight, you know, and and he's lifting weights, and, and I just felt like God gave me this download for this guy that, like, he's in this, a lot of mental stress right now, and really worried and anxious about the future, but that God's called him to be a leader of leaders, he's going to use him that way, and he doesn't need to stress right now, and I'm going, I don't I don't know this dude, you know how it is at the gym, it's not like you walk up to strangers and just start talking, and uh, and I'm like, I don't know this guy, and so literally, I thought, all right, God, if he picks up that dumbbell, like, that one right there, then I'll talk to him, and sure enough, man, like, 30 seconds later, he goes and picks up that dumbbell, so I walk over to him and I'm like, bro, you don't know me at all. I said, but here's the story. I said, I feel like, you know, God's speaking to you and this is what he's saying. The dude gets all serious. So he was uh, training at the time uh, for the NFL draft. He had just graduated. Uh, he was a running back from the university of Ohio and he had just graduated and he's trying to get an NFL lifelong dream. And he's training for the draft and preparing like, I have no idea. He's, he's not tall enough that you think he's a NFL player. And, uh, and it just it was just such a cool thing. I actually got to lead him to the Lord like right there. He came to our church for a while before he actually ended up moving back to Ohio because he drafted didn't work out. He moved up to Ohio and now he runs a nonprofit up there, uh, helping helping kids out of inner city streets and stuff in, in Ohio. So yeah, I love that, man. Love it. Love it. Oh, that's so cool. And this
1: is the thing, and I know we we'll probably just have minutes left here, is that I insist that this isn't the gift mix of some unusual christian the things that you and i are talking about this is available to all of us and when i was young i saw some men and women of god operate in the prophetic and very similar to you man i just began to crowd to the lord and i began to study scripture and the thing is is god is always wanting to give you more direction Uh, he's always speaking sometimes we think that we want to hear and god's reluctant to speak but truth is, is God is always speaking, and sometimes we're reluctant to hear. Yeah. And so my thing is that there's no such thing as risk-free maturity. If <laughs> We'll step out and just share our faith, yeah. love on somebody, share our testimony, because we're going to come out of this season, and if we would have told you a year ago, right, that bars would be shut down, clubs would be shut down, houses of irrepute would be shut down,
0: yeah. and
1: all the Bibles were sold out at Walmart, you'd have said it was revival. And so, maybe, just maybe, God is preparing us. I, I believe this that, mm-hmm. that we're, we're inching upon this thing that I believe will be a third great awakening, which I believe will be a New Jesus people movement, which I believe a record number of people are going to give their life to the Lord. It w- it's going to be dark. There's going to be uh, evidences of the enemy doing what he does. That's always going to be the case in this dispensation until the kingdoms of our world become the kingdoms of our God. But yeah. the Bible's very clear that. This thing called our world is not going to end over a virus. It says, and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the world, and then the end shall come. The gospel of the kingdom isn't throwing a track out of a helicopter over Djibouti, <laughs> Africa.
0: Yeah. The yeah.
1: gospel of the kingdom is the blind see, the lame walk, the dumb talk. We see healings. The gospel of the kingdom, Jesus identified it as a supernatural, and that's why Paul said, I didn't come to you with wise, persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. Yeah. If there was ever time for the 21st century church to get back to where the first century church left off, it's now, bro. It's now.
0: Yeah. We, we could take an altar call right now, take an offering because I feel like we just had church. That's, that's, good, <laughs> stuff, on, baby. that's good stuff. That's good awesome. stuff. Hey, uh, so you've written several books. Let's talk about those real quick. Just give, give an overcast. Yeah. Like, like what's the newest thing on the, on the, yeah,
1: yeah. On the grill. I've, I've written a book called prophetic evangelism. So the very things that we were talking about, uh, I've, I've, uh, kind of outline in that book, teach and equip in that book, and, and you can you you can get that, you know, on Amazon or you can come to, you know, our 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 ministry page, point blank international. Yeah. .org. And then I've written a book, well I've written three books, but the two I'll talk about, Freddy management, And then my most recent one is I am your son, It's about revival. Mm-hmm. And it's about the God that has moved in history will move our history once again. And that uh, it's, it's not a doomsday hide underneath a rock. It's quite the opposite. It's get excited, arise and shine mm-hmm. for your light has come, Isaiah 60. And mm-hmm. so uh, those are two books there. And that those could be, uh, you can get that off Amazon as well or go to pointblank.org, pointblankinternational.org. I'm sorry.
0: Cool. Listen, if, if you're listening to this, as soon as you stop right now, you need to go on Amazon and get those books. Uh, I've read I Am Your Sign. I'm going to go immediately get Prophetic Evangelism. Um, I love this concept. I love this the subject matter. Uh, in fact, I Am Your Sign was one of the inspirations back when I read that, uh, that inspired me to write what was became my very first book uh, because of some of the content in that. So Sean, your ministry is amazing. If somebody wants you to speak, they also go to the, to the website as well.
1: Yeah, they can go to the website as well. And and my wife, Krista and I, we travel uh exclusively. We're doing obviously some other projects in this season, but we, we are itinerant, so we travel and speak and we, we love the body of Christ, love the love the church and we love love winning people to the Lord too.
0: All right. Listen, I, I, I shared with Sean before we ever recorded that, that his ministry had a huge impact on my life. It was a a crucible moment, a turning point really in my life. And I know it can be the same way for you. So make sure you get this book, get the books, get both of them, read them back to back and uh, and make sure you get connected with Sean. I'm sure you're on YouTube and stuff like that, I imagine too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go, just, just Google YouTube, your name. Sean, yep,
0: Sean, S-E-A-N. It's kind of spelled yeah. like
1: old school sean connery so yeah.
0: <laughs> anytime we get to reference sean connery that's a good thing man <laughs>
1: right right the best bond ever dude
0: <laughs> all right sean thank you so much for being on the podcast man all the listeners i hope you guys really enjoyed this and i look forward to getting back with you next time
1: i appreciate it Brad. thanks so much man
0: I hope you enjoyed this conversation today and I especially hope it added value to you. If you enjoyed it, would you do me a favor and give us a five-star rating on your podcast provider? It really helps to get the word out. And of course, if you share this content with your friends, that would be great too. And until next time, I hope you continue creating a better future. I look forward to being with you again soon.